it's his music, his songs are cinematic in, in, in ways that other artists aren't. You see it develop, you see it uh, going on, you can picture what Mary looks like as her dress sways, or I can, and you can, uh, you're along for a ride about a life somewhere different than, than the life I knew growing up. It was just uh, interesting, and it seemed to be meaningful, and it seemed to say something about, certainly about America, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is uh, one of my new friends from the internet, uh, Darren Foster. Darren, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jesse, for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I, I appreciate all the tweets you've been saying you've been excited about joining me and i was like okay it's not that great of a time but i appreciate the uh excitement uh well, you can yeah get to talk about bruce for uh as long as you're willing to which in my life uh you know say with my wife who's sick of hearing every bruce springsteen story and listening to every bruce springsteen song for the thousandth time so this is awesome you know darren um my poor bride um, and I, I share this story often, but it'll be like, hey, Linda, you want to hear something? And it's not about Bruce Springsteen. Yes, then I do want to hear it. Uh, right. <laughs> you know? uh, I think that's pretty commonality uh, amongst uh, Bruce fans. Yes, it is. Poor, I feel so sorry for our siblings. <laughs> you know, um, one of my favorite scenes when the Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen and I documentary was that couple where the guy wasn't the fan. And he talked about going to all these beautiful cities where there's museums and there's architecture and great art, and they go to a concert, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I love that movie. That was great, yeah, great he, documentary. Yeah, he was great. Um, <laughs> well, Darren, tell us a little about yourself. Well, let's see. I'm uh, all the way north in uh, New Brunswick, Canada, in a little town called Heartland, New Brunswick, which has uh, – Oddly enough, the world's longest covered bridge as our uh, claim to fame and main tourist draw to uh, this beautiful area. It's right along the St. John River, which uh, is a great salmon river. And we have about 967 taxpaying residents in uh, Heartland here. And I've been mayor of this town for uh, almost two years. Nice. This coming May. Yeah. This coming May will be uh, another election, so we shall uh, see how the polls go. Does it um, does it get hotly contested there? Well, no. As a as a funny aside, when I ran, it was two years ago on a by election because our former mayor had uh, retired, decided to move, uh, you know, north mm -hmm. and and relax with his family. So it was a by election, and I ran unopposed. Yeah. So it was a uh, landslide. but Nothing uh, wrong with that? No, nothing at all. Yeah. So I suspect this time there'll be, uh, there'll be 
an actual race. That's good. That is, yeah. Right. Keeps it uh, healthy. Yes, and we spent a few minutes before we hit record talking about mm. being civil and how um, there were times um, in the past that we, we both longed for. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how old you are, Jesse, but I'm uh, 49, going on 50 next mm-hmm. April. And uh, I don't know, looking back on my childhood, it seemed uh, idyllic and uh, and almost uh, parent-free, you know. When, summer t- when summertime hit, the screen door blasted open and you went out in the dooryard and maybe you didn't come back until uh, supper time. But that was always the rule, just be back by supper. Yeah. And now, I, yes. you can't let a kid out without, uh, you know, having a chain link of parents keeping their eyeballs out and... Uh, I don't know. The pendulum's just swung the other way. Yeah. Not bad, not good, but just different. Just different, yeah. I um, I turned 60 in June, so uh, nice. about 10 years older than you. And absolutely, yep. I, I remember um, the, you know, walked home uh, from school. Actually, my mom was never an early riser, so I remember having my own alarm clock got up, fixed myself breakfast, usually an instant breakfast, uh, carnation instant breakfast, a glass of milk, uh, you know, yeah. went and either walked to school or pick, got the bus. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those days. It, it was just to- perfectly um, just normal. And you're right. It's yeah. a very different time now. Uh, where did you grow up in? Where did you grow up at, Darren? I grew up uh, in New Brunswick, but in uh, our capital city called Fredericton. Okay. And it's a town of about, uh, well, 45,000 or so when I was growing up. Now it's about 60, 65,000. And it's about an hour and a half uh, downriver from where I am right now. Okay. And yeah, so I went to uh, Fredericton High School, then to the University of New Brunswick right there, and, and then moved to Vancouver, British Columbia on the west coast of Canada. Mm-hmm. Where I spent about fourteen years. Oh, okay. So you have gotten away from your hometown, uh, just to have kind of yeah, returned definitely. back to it, like Bruce did, right? Like Bruce did, exactly. Yeah. Everything comes full circle. It seems always, yes. Um, yeah. That I, I think you um, have the same superpower I do. That many Springsteen fans, no matter what the subject, you can usually find a connection to Bruce. <laughs> I relate everything to years that albums came out, to what I was doing when, to uh, all those moments. It all seems to revolve around uh, uh, around Bruce, and that's a funny thing. That uh, That's my frame of reference for just about everything. I do not remember which guest it was, and I apologize if you're listening and you go, that was me, Jesse, but one of my guests said, um, he rated everything to tours. Like, well, yeah. when I was living in Houston, it was during the Nebraska tour. When I was living in Chicago, it was the Magic tour. I mean, it was, and I just, yeah. I said, I absolutely love that. Yeah, yeah. Do you do the same thing? Uh, no, I tend to, um, I, I, I don't tend to loop it that way, though I certainly mm. do have, um, pre seeing him live and post seeing him live. Um, right. I was kind of late uh, through a lot of circumstances that I've covered here before, but I did not see him live till 2002. 
uh, okay. during yeah. the Rising tour. So um, Great that tour. took, you know, my fandom, which I thought was pretty healthy to the passionate or obsession. Yeah. And then, and you know, and since the podcast, it really is bad. My lovely bride will tell you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the first uh, time I saw Bruce was 92. Yes. Uh, with the uh, Human Touch uh, Better Days tour. Oh, nice. And part of me was, you know, elated. Oh, my God, I'm seeing Bruce. But the other part of me was like, ah, it's not the E Street Band. Yes, and it's, uh, it's the, will the I band. ever see them? Yes. And Absolutely. Well, before we get to that, let's go to back. Okay, you're growing up. What kind of music did your family listen to uh, when you yeah, were a kid? They were uh, country stalwarts. It was uh, Kenny Rogers or Johnny Cash or Hank Williams Jr. or uh, Chris Christopherson, you know, Willie Nelson, those uh, types of uh, artists. And it was rare. Like it would be a rare time that my parents would have music playing in the house. It was, uh, you know, either at a party or maybe, maybe on a Saturday night, just uh, mom wanting to hear The Gambler or uh, dad wanting to hear uh, Willie Nelson. Mm -hmm. Very limited that way. So their albums were obviously, you know, you're a kid, you hate your parents' music. So uh, yeah. It's only, you know, say the last 10 years that I really come to appreciate uh, those artists and that music and uh, and life's really all the all the more richer for it, for yeah. all those musical experiences. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it wasn't a musical household. We did church on Sundays and, uh, you know, dad lip synced through the hymns. Mom warbled away and uh, we just tried to keep up. So not a real musical household. When did you find... When did you discover music? Uh, junior high, high school? When did you kind of find yep. your musical voice? So it would have been about 1984. Okay. I'll tell you, it all kind of came together. I liked Mellencamp, uh, or Johnny Cougar, as he was known back yes. then. Really liked uh, Hotel California. We used to vacation every summer with a family, and their son was a couple years older than me, so he introduced me to Meatloaf, to uh, Nazareth, to the Eagles, and uh, that's formed probably the basis of my whole musical likes, okay. classic rock and all of that California sound, you know. I love the Beach Boys, but I, I never really chose a path. So, Darren, I'm going to stop you. Are you an only child? No, got a sister. Okay, and was she older or younger? Younger, four years younger, and uh, uh, her musical taste would have just been poppy, what's on the radio. Okay, okay. Yeah. Good, all right. So anyway, you said you did not make a conscious decision necessarily. Uh, go ahead, continue. Well, yeah, so 84, of course, it's, uh, it's much music and it's MTV, right? Yeah. And what hits but Dancing in the Dark. Yeah. And that hit the radio and hit those videos. And again and again, and I was like, who was Bruce Springsteen? Mm -hmm. And they were calling him the boss like everybody knew him except me. And I, uh, you know, as much as you can research then, really there was nothing about it except going to your record store and asking the guy there, hey, do you have any Bruce Springsteen? And, yeah, sure do. So then – 
kind of fast forward slash go back in time hungry heart that song in 1980 would have hit the airwaves and i remember loving that hook and loving you know got a wife and kids in baltimore jack and that that line right there i didn't no, it was Bruce until after 84 when I was going through the whole catalog. And I was like, oh, my God, that kind of came full circle. And, uh, you know, it was just down the wormhole from there. Mm-hmm. Nebraska. Nebraska was an album that surprised me where I came to that after the, the box set and listening to uh, that whole second album, you know, Johnny 99 and Nebraska and Atlantic City and those songs that rocked or that uh were just such a cinematic narrative yeah and then getting the album and listening to all that just on that whatever four track bruce recorded it on it was uh an amazing album yeah um it so one of the questions i like to ask is you know when did you discover bruce but you're kind of saying you kind of found your come of age with rock and roll at the same time as you're discovering Bruce. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Mm-hmm. Totally right. So I was born in the USA, went out and got that. And uh, me and my neighbor up the street, Carla Lemon, we listened to that from start to finish about a thousand times. Yeah. And uh, you know, had as much fun riding to Darlington County as we did on the downbound train as uh, that uh, the opener, Born in the USA, right? Mm-hmm. No crazier album of impact than uh, that hitting me at 14 years old yeah and i do think that at times um really passionate fans tend to short service that album they're like Oh yeah, that's that's the album everyone likes. But it it is a truly amazing album, and it I, is. I you know, and it was the gateway um, album for a for a lot of fans, a lot yeah. of fans. Um, yeah. You know, my first knowledge was when um, I had my wife had a real good friend who went to school in the East Coast, and she came back talking about this guy named Bruce Springsteen and you know we had never heard of him and then later um you know I ended up you know when Hungry Heart came out um mm. you know I, I I started oh that's this guy oh that's who she was talking about um and right. that's how I got aware of it um you mentioned um seeing him the first time remind me when that was 92 it would have been uh yeah. It would have been September of 92. In fact, prepping for this, I wrote it down. I went and tracked down all the shows I was at. Uh, do you... It was easy. It was, I was going to say, do you go to the the website and... Um, yeah, have you gone to My Boss Time and did that? Uh, no, I've never been to My Boss Time. I've gone, uh, of course, the mm-hmm. Bruce's site, and uh, then I just typed in... Uh, Okay. The uh, the venue and the year, okay. and then brought them all up here. So it was it was uh, July of 1992. We drove down to uh, Brendan Byrne Arena in East Rutherford. Yeah. And saw one of those. I think there were seven or eight uh, 
sold out shows and we were somewhere in the middle so seeing those shows awesome so here's the commercial uh for Mm. this um my boss time is a wonderful website that um a guy named elko does um it is totally free um it's to create a you go in there create an account um, and then he has every bruce show ever listed and so when you create an account then you then pick your shows like okay yeah i've been this and so then it tracks it for you and so for example i'm logging in as me um you know i have gone to um i have done um 17 shows 16 shows and first one in 2002 all the yeah. way to I was lucky enough to go to Broadway. Oh but, no way! Yeah, Great. but what's cool is it tells you what songs you've heard, what are rare songs, mm. what are personal premieres, and cool. for example, um, you know, rare songs. Um, he's only played Rebel Rebel once. That was hmm. the you know after David Bowie had died, and I happened yeah. to be at that show. No way! Uh, yeah. Um, you know, he's played the wall 12 times. I was lucky enough for that to be on one show. So uh-huh. it gives you the rarities. And then also it gives you a breakdown of how many songs per album you've heard, what songs you've heard the most. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah it, <laughs> I, Mr. Mayor, I don't know if I should recommend you doing that at the office. Because you'll, you know, like two hours later, they'll go, uh, Mr. Mayor, you're like, oh, sorry, I got down a rabbit hole. So uh, I always like to remind people that the amount of times you've seen Bruce in concert is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are, because it can True. be based on where you're living, where you're at. But for the record, how many times have you seen him? Four. Okay, nice. Yeah. So it was uh, twice in 92 with the uh, Human Touch Tour. Mm-hmm. I caught him before I moved to Vancouver, and then after moving to Vancouver, he played there. <clears throat> and then I saw him in uh, April of 2003 in Vancouver, and that was the special one right there. I had my, my elbows right on the stage, center mic, in the little area roped off for Bruce's cameraman exclusively. Myself and another chick, Suzanne, her, uh, her name is, mm-hmm. we managed to get right there. So it couldn't have been a better experience for that show right there. That was the rising tour, of course. Yes. It was awesome. And then uh, we saw him here in New Brunswick in Moncton. He played, uh, he played an outside venue and uh, took a bus, took my wife, and uh, that was her very first time seeing him. Mm-hmm. And it was a great show, too. Oh, yeah, Bruce, cool. said, uh, Bruce said, uh, here we are, Moncton, and uh, the band, they don't know where the f*** they are. <laughs> yeah, this is a great, great moment. Oh, that is Bruce awesome. is quite funny, eh? He is. He can be very funny when he wants to be. Right. Um, that's, that's really great. Well, good. Um, so, not only because it was everywhere, but... Have you thought about what captivated you? Why, besides hearing this on MTV, what about Hmm. his music spoke to you as a young man 
listening to the radio because you've already established this wasn't a very musical household. It isn't. I, I kind of make that nope. argument. My parents were not into sports. Um, mm. They had no, you know, neither one of them went to college. Neither one of them had a sports affiliation like to a pro team. So that was something brand new to me when I became an adult. And especially when I moved to Dallas, I kind of, you know, it's in the water that you become this, you know, Dallas Cowboy fan. It's it's just it's part of the, you know, indoctrination. So um, why do you think his music spoke to you so much? It's a good question and certainly one I've thought over the years about. But really, it's uh, it's his music. His songs are cinematic in, in, in ways that other artists aren't. You see it develop. You see it uh, going on. You can picture what Mary looks like as her dress sways, or I can. And you can, uh, you're along for a ride about a life somewhere different than, than the life I knew growing up. It was just uh, interesting, and it seemed to be meaningful, and it seemed to say something about, certainly about America, right? Mm-hmm. And America, for for a long time in my mind, was the, the bastion of freedom and pride and all of those great things that you associate with, let's say, pre-Kennedy assassination America. Right. And the the striving for something better so i i liked all that i liked i liked his songs and i and the music was just great and bruce's voice has always been uh just a voice that i respond to and others say you know bruce can't sing but you know he can really sing you know what a lot to talk there but you know he was just recently on um the um Turner Classic uh, movies uh, being interviewed, uh, and you know they they asked him, and this was kind of I think in the um, the cutaway, they you know they kind of gave a snippet yeah. where they've asked him, you know, why he doesn't do more, like he did the Seer session, but why hasn't he done more songs like you know Rhinestone Cowboy? Or other right. things, and he has said, just he says, I, I don't have that instrument. My voice is not that kind of instrument. I am not right. that vocalist. Um, the reason my songs work is because of my uh, songwriting, not mm. my vocals. And you know, I I wanted to scream at the TV. You know, no, 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 Bruce. You know, I would love for you to do a cover of Johnny Cash songs. I'd love for you <laughs> yeah. to do, you know, a, a whole. Um, his own version of uh, the American recordings, like, you know, uh, cashed it at the end of his life where he just right. makes songs. And uh, but, you know, that's just not, you know, what Bruce wants to do. Heck, I'd love him to do a gospel album. Uh, just Yeah, you know, well, he's certainly done plenty of tent revivals. Eh? He, yay, he does. He truly has. Yeah. Um, so when we um, you've kind of talked a little bit, but share with me. Um, special songs or albums that mean something to you and share me why. Mm, well, the album I would listen to, I'd go, I, I'd go to bed and I always like to play music going to sleep and 
Born to Run album when I discovered that from start to finish. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's up, it's down, it's lyrical, it's raw, it's all of those things, but yet it somehow soothed me into slumber mm-hmm. each and every night. And didn't matter which song it was on, whether it was the rockers or uh, the slow ones, it, uh, I think that album. I'd love to see the whole thing done as a movie, and I think it would make a beautiful movie yeah. with characters and, you know, it's all there. It's all there. Just got to pluck it out of there. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that 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 album right there is uh, again and again and again and again and again. Same with all of them, though. I can't uh, mm-hmm. pick a favorite. I mean, I love Darkness for its view inside the cracks of America. Yeah. Yeah. And what's best songs though? I would have to say "Backstreets." That uh, that song right there is uh, is just a piece of magic. People love it? Jungle Land. I yeah, and too. But what, go ahead. what about it speaks to you? The relationship. Me and Terry became friends, right? That yeah. whole relationship, which speaks to the loyalty and the uh, just that sheer joy you've got with a pal that, uh, you know, you can count on for just about anything. So that yeah. speaks to me about it. And the, the rawness and passion of Bruce's voice in that song as he's hiding on the back streets and that repetition and the uh, just the soaring, soaring orchestral arrangement with it. Yeah. I love those epic songs that he does, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Incident and uh, New York City Serenade, Lost in the Flood. All those songs that uh, just seem to be a, a film noir of, uh, of 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 visuals. When and the, go know, ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. You mentioned that, um, you know, Born in the USA spoke to you. You talked about Nebraska. Um, mm. Did you just do a deep dive in the catalog once you kind of had discovered Dancing in the Dark and Born in the USA? I, yeah. Did you you just went out and just okay? I've got to know more things that this guy is doing. Yeah. So first it was Born in the USA. Then I got The River, mm-hmm. and that uh, what an album that is. And I got The River because a girl I worked with at uh, Pizza Hut. She was quite a bit older than me. She had seen. Bruce on the river tour. This would yeah. have been like 1986 for me. And, uh, I don't know how much older she was, but she told me about that river tour. And, uh, that was the next album I got. So listen to that a thousand times. And at the same time, you're getting, what am I going to get next? And the next one I got was darkness on the edge of town. Yeah. And then I got Nebraska and I was reluctant for, uh, greetings and, and Wild and the Innocent, only because, and this might be heretical, but I don't love Rosalita. Okay. I don't love that song. And that uh, had, uh, well, it had been on the box set, of course. And that was that was an interspersed there. The box set came out in, what, 86? Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. And just... Uh, song after song and listen to it just sitting in my room flipping albums mm-hmm. that probably right there the 86 
box set of 75 to 85. It showcased what it would be like to be at a live show or certainly tried to. Yeah, and the diversity of his catalog yeah. was a good, you know, that's a good way of showing, wow, mm. you know, look at his diversity. What can he do? So, right. yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so I just uh, loved everything about it. But Rosalita, I could never uh, really love. That's all for right. For some reason. Yeah. So I, I am, my shameful and is, um, I just, I, I, I recognize that Jungle Land is greatness. It's just yeah. not a song I that speaks to me. I just don't, you know, and, and so, yeah, I get that. I mean, there is, and, and at times, you know, it sounds like it's heresy. Like, what? But um, <laughs> they're just different songs mean different yep. things to us. Right. Um, how about uh, Western Stars? Uh, what were your thoughts when it came out, and have you been able to see the movie? Haven't seen the movie yet, uh, and purposefully not watching any of the little clips or trailers that are yeah. available. I want to see it, uh, you know, from start to finish. Sure. But uh, I like the album. I like the album in uh, in that it is as country probably as Bruce has ever been. And again, it's cinematic and it's. Uh, it's it's different than anything he's done. So like any new Bruce album, it takes a little bit to sink into you. Yeah. And some of the songs you'll kind of, well, I like that one, but I'm going to see what the next one's like. And I'll fast forward. But yeah. I love uh, I love Tucson Train. I love, uh, I think it's called Hitchhiking. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I like the album. I like the album, and I'm real excited for the movie because that partnership he's got with Tom Zimmy, that's uh, been been a real gem i think for both of them yeah for i both think so mm. um you know what i was really impressed with is um you know i i growing up we listened to country music a lot in our house this was yeah. um we my mom played records a lot all the time there was music playing and um and glenn campbell was someone that she loved and and that um eddie arnold you know kind of that nashville sound yep. of um records was something that she would like and so that album really spoke to me um mm. and i do feel you mentioned this but it's a very cinematic record i think even more than some of his others this this feels like a um, like a collection of short stories. Yeah. Um, the um, Elmore Leonard, I think, is the guy who wrote the book um, Rayland Givens, the U.S. Marshal, that the TV show Justified was based on, and um, it it feels like a collection of short stories he could have written. You yeah, know, this, this, yeah. Great and, analogy. Yeah, and so that's, um, and then the film kind of captures a little bit of that. And it was, it was funny. I, I have a very good friend um, who is very opinionated. And 
Uh, I have another friend who is not a Springsteen fan, uh, Junior, God love him, always says uh, dancing, um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town is Bruce's biggest hit. So, like, when you go see him live, what does he play after that? And um, But Junior is a huge film buff. And mm. so he he watched Blind by the Light, and he said, oh, I, I really liked that film. I thought it was a good film. And I said, oh, are you going to go – I said, will you watch Western Stars? And he says, yeah. He says, I'll I'll do a double feature. He says, and then I'll be on the podcast to talk about it. Um, and so my friend Sam says, I haven't seen it, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's it's not as good as Broadway. You should watch Broadway. Mm-hmm. And I said, that is like saying um, Thunder Road is, is better than Born to Run. I, I said, right. they're, they're – they're two different animals. And yeah. Sam says, oh. And I said, yeah. I said, I'm I, I'm not saying that, you know, that Broadway isn't amazing because it is. But yeah. it is – until you've seen it, you can't understand, you know, some uh, – what exactly could be happening. Yeah. Right. You can't sell any one thing short. Right. Because it's uh, got its own uniqueness. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm. Um, other songs besides Backstreet that uh, speaks to you? Well, you know, the uh, 75 to 85, it opens with Thunder Road. Sure. And that version, that version, uh, listen, that's one of the most beautiful songs ever written right there. Yeah. Or sung. So yeah. I love that song. I love, <clears throat> I love to imagine where they might have got to or yes. you know wh- where does the story pick up 20 years down the road mm-hmm. and i think for me when when uh i think it was on times of freedom bruce released the acoustic born to run mm-hmm. that's where everybody got he even said so uh that that's where you know uh, uh <laughs> sooner or later he had to figure out where all these people and all these cars were going to get to. Yeah. And I, I just love that, that there's a continuity of these people are out there somewhere and they're, they're yeah. running the road, driving truck, they're working somewhere mm-hmm. and come to find out from Broadway. This was the best part of that whole uh, thing. I thought was, he said, uh, he said for a guy just about to write, racing in the street and i didn't even have a license yes i never driven a car he said that's how good i am yes that is how and good i am that is perfect it was a beautiful moment yeah beautiful moment yeah i like all those songs you know mm-hmm. the ones that really tell a story sad happy or otherwise and uh i think they've all got bits and pieces of that yeah um... but the character in uh, in uh, incident on 57th Street, what happened to him? You know, you'd really yes. like to know. Did he make it out? Did they not? But yeah. he, he, it, it's ambiguous. You know, they, they they did what they did what they did. So, so we're this is a little early in the conversation, but I, I think it's a perfect segue. Is mm-hmm. um, you know, I I ask the Mary question in every interview and. Uh, Jay Armstrong is a honors English teacher, and he <clears throat> has his seniors 
um, break apart Thunder Road as one of their mm. lessons. He they take the poem, they study it line by line, they compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Less Traveled. They discuss the imagery and the word choices, and they just they treat this as a poem. And then at the end yeah. of the two days, um, his question to the class is, does Mary get in the car? So you've kind of sort of given your answer a little bit, but, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's make it official. So, All right. Darren, does Mary get in the car? <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a great question. And uh, I have to say she does. I have to say she does because, uh, you know, like he said, it's a town full of losers and they're pulling out of there to win. And I think she jumps in with them and realizes that it's maybe her time to uh, to get out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. I think she gets in the car. I think she gets in the car. And you know what? I don't think they're living happily ever after. I think probably it fell apart somewhere along the road. The wheels fell off and, uh, you know, maybe Mary's. Pining away as a as a waitress, cocktail bar. Well, and maybe she yeah. ones from uh, the human, uh, not Human Touch, but uh, but uh, Tunnel of Love album. Mm-hmm. All that unrequited or unrealized love. Yeah, somewhere in one of those songs, I think. You know, and there's a line in Racing in the Street mm. where she says she's on her daddy's porch, right, and. Uh, there is the famous, you know, on the front porch she walks by. So um, that's mm. certainly a good thought. Um, I also love the idea that maybe they made it and Moonlight Motel is the um, the end of the story. They have gone yeah. to the West. They have had a life together. She's now passed. And, you know, she's now then he's thinking of her as he uh, remembers. Uh, I like to think I, that, too. I like uh, I like uh, yours a lot better than mine. That's, uh, <laughs> that's great. I love it. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny you get, you quoted that line from Racing in the Streets. I wrote that down as, you know, just some of my free thinking thoughts here as yeah. one of the one of the saddest. But most uh poignant lines in any song of any time and i challenge anybody to come up with something better but just think of that she sits on the porch of her daddy's house and all her pretty dreams been torn like that's sad that's very sad yes (laughs) and um yeah i mean that that song because you know to re-quote right and now there's wrinkle around my baby's eyes, and she cries mm. herself to sleep at night. Yeah. And like when I come freak. home, the house is dark. She sighs. Did you make it all right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, where he's there, he's doing what he has to do, and she is not totally supportive, but at the same time, it it breaks her heart every time he does this, but he can't mm. stop doing it is right yeah and and you're right there is a movie in that song just perfectly done perfectly it's yeah. ready yeah it is. Roll it right out. absolutely mm. 
Well, so we're all hoping that 2020 is going to lead to good news. That um, yeah. no, not the election news about Bruce <laughs> touring. Um, I think it's. Go ahead. I say I think it's going to happen. I think so too. So yeah. if he does get back on the road, and we're all hoping he and the E Street Band literally get the band back together and decide to make some more magic, are there songs that you'd like to hear him perform live that you haven't got a chance to listen to yet? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, Number one, I'll say I'll say what I love about Bruce, and this ties back to an earlier loyalty comment was like Jake Clemens is in the band. How's that for continuity? And what are the odds that Clarence Clemens's nephew would be an awesome saxophonist as well? I mean, the odds are probably pretty good, but yes, but I know what you're saying. It is, is yes, yeah. And uh, and I think Federici's son plays sometimes, and Weinberg's son plays with him sometimes. Yes, that's uh, that's an amazing, amazing feat of uh, of continuity and loyalty. Can't yeah. say enough good about that. And that eulogy Bruce gave for Clarence's funeral mm-hmm. could have me in tears every single time I read it. But oh, absolutely for for songs that I'd like to hear would be uh i've never seen incident on 57th i've never seen new york city serenade uh i'd love to see trapped i'd love to see living proof i'd love to see uh bobby jean love that song sure uh ghost of tom joe that tom morello version I'd love to see that. Did you ever see one of Tom's shows? I did. I was lucky enough to go, and I I did get to see. And I will tell you, um, you know, there's always some snarkiness on the Internet. Um, And a couple people like, well, we didn't need – we didn't need him on the show. You know, we had enough guitar players, but you see the joy that was on Tom Morello's face. You could tell – he was thrilled he was having a chance to play with these guys. Oh, my God, yeah. Thrilled. Yeah. Like, what a thing pop, uh, pop on your resume. Absolutely. Full, full. Yeah. yeah. You know, you spoke of the joy on Tom Morello's face. For me, the great uh, Bruce and Eddie Vedder doing Better Man. Yeah. And when they're both trading licks on those guitar solos, and the, you couldn't beat the smile off neither of their faces. It just speaks to how cathartic playing like that and and rock and rolling at its essence mm-hmm. makes you feel just like you can you can take off, you know? Yeah, you can. I love and, that bit. Yeah. And there is there is so much joy. Um, it is so nice to see the amount of respect Bruce gets among not just his contemporaries, but this next couple of generations of, mm. you know, being able to work with him and, and see him. Yeah. Which I just think is really, really cool. Me um, too. Yeah. Me too. So, um, 
What have I not asked you that I should have? <laughs> I don't know. This has been a great talk. I've just uh, yeah. enjoyed every single so, um, minute. So any, any, uh, any stories you might want to share from, um, you know, different travels to different shows? Yeah, I'll give you two nice high points here. So Good, please. The time when we, when we went to uh, the Moncton tour – uh, or the Moncton uh, show down here, outdoor concert. I, of course, uh, uh, rolled up a few crackers, a few joints to bring to the show, right? Mm-hmm. And as we're sitting there, I respectfully pull one out, and I say to the folks around me, hey, anybody mind if I light up uh, this social cigarette right here? Old man about 70-ish behind me, he says, nope, I don't mind if you don't. He pulls out an even bigger one. <laughs> from his front <laughs> so my part of my section of the uh of the seating right there was just uh blue haze for most of it oh, and it was hilarious a beautiful day and this uh this guy it was his first time seeing bruce and he was there with his son who mm-hmm. the son was a big fan right yeah so that was a beautiful time for them and they just had a great time now the uh uh, the Vancouver show in, in 03, how I got to be privileged enough to be right at the foot of Bruce's microphone was my best friend managed a bar called the Roxy in Vancouver, which was, okay. is to this day still the bar to go if you're, if you're uh, looking for a good soiree. Okay. Well, the night before the, the concert at GM Place, Bruce's crew came in. And, of course, Chris was his name. His wife, Major Springsteen fan, he says, guys, listen, you're not going to have to put your hands in your pocket tonight at all. But I need to get my wife and my pal to the show. And we had already had tickets. Well, what came next were bracelets. Mm-hmm. So the bracelets get right to the, uh, you know, in the pit. But even more than that, the boys came out, grabbed us, led us through the pit, and then put us Right in that little uh, roped-off area for the cameraman. That <laughs> so, is awesome. Awesome. And handed to us was the set list, Bruce's handwritten set list at oh, some point. she got that's a, nice. I, yeah, it was great. Now, my copy has since uh, burned in a house fire. Oh, so it was on no. The wall. Yeah, and I should have grabbed that. But, uh, <laughs> of course, I wasn't thinking <laughs> no, you so, were probably uh, trying to protect other things. Yes. Yeah, a few other things, yeah. I tried to find yeah. animals and kids and everything mm-hmm. else. But, yes. uh, yeah. So that show right there with uh, being that close. And when Bruce slid to his knees, he stopped right in front of Chris's wife, Suzanne. And he said, he leaned down and he said, I like your shirt. And she had a beautiful shirt on, of course. And what he was really meaning was the cleavage yes. from the shirt. Oh, how funny. But, uh, yeah, funny. Funny, funny, funny. And she turned around and looked at me and she said, Bruce, just said he liked my boobs. <laughs> Could there be a better moment, right? No. So no. were you tempted to um, say, um, hey, Bruce Springsteen Camp, I'm mayor and I want to give him the key to the city. <laughs> you know what? I hadn't thought about it till this second. Well, that's a hell of an idea. 
going. That is but I can see your people like, we don't give city keys away. We do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a declaration in the council yes. here on December. Absolutely. Great that idea. is funny. Yes. Um, okay. That's just wonderful. I am curious, though, um, how did you end up deciding to be mayor? Uh, so moved to town. We were just living uh, 11 miles down the road in Jacksonville and uh, moved to town. The house we live in, we bought is uh, 118 years old. Okay. And uh, it had previously uh, been the home of two other mayors of Heartland. Okay. So there was there was that, which was a point of interest, you know, just when we uh, found out about it. Mm -hmm. But then I started to get involved with uh, just volunteering around town and uh, doing things to improve uh, the experience for being in town here, you know, just getting involved. And then it happened that uh, the mayor previous mayor resigned and there was a by-election mm -hmm. and now, uh, what's your day gig my day gig i work for a uh, trucking company called day and ross okay and uh i'm a uh, fleet specialist like a fleet manager okay i've got about 50 trucks underneath my umbrella and uh i uh i look after all the drivers right mm -hmm. across the country nice yeah so that's the day gig and uh and the mayor's every other waking moment yeah <laughs> lots of lots yeah. of stuff going on but you know what it's uh it's great you see you see a difference almost immediately with municipal politics right you can vote for something tonight and it's in effect tomorrow so i love that uh that urgency to everything that uh, you can make changes and you can make positive uh things happen you know and so i think that's what i think that would be the something that um whether it's as simple as a you know a stoplight might make a difference or we get this you know whatever it is we can do this right, right away and help someone um i could see yep. that 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 would be very nice um it is and it's uh you know it's nice being in parades and it's nice cotton ribbons and it's nice yeah. uh today i went up to the school i donated uh, some money to the kids that are raising money for cancer and getting their principal to shave off his mustache right so okay i went up did the announcement this morning and uh then challenged another community member to meet or exceed my donation and uh it just carries forward like that so it's uh, neat things like that oh kids waving at you i love it i love it have you been able to work um springsteen references into anything official into nearly every speech I give, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, uh, most recently, Remembrance Day, mm -hmm. a lot of guys went, and a lot of guys came back, and a lot that came back, they weren't the same anymore. Nice. What's that from? Yeah, the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I do. I do. And I'll. Awesome. Uh, I'll bore anybody with uh, talking Springsteen as much as anybody will listen. So, you know, it was interesting, Darren. Um, the, the last um, couple of months 
before I was laid off at my previous job, I was working for a company called Real Page. Um, yeah. I was in Manila, and no they said um, the call center that was there, the product support team said, you know, Jesse, um, we often ask um, visiting executives, you, you know, to speak, and mm. we we you speak to the day crew and the night crew. So would you be willing to do that? I'm like, sure, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I quoted Better Days um, and and said that I know that many people would think of this as a love song, but I think the reality is Bruce is telling us to be mindful of the reality, that too many of us say, well, when I get that promotion, then I'll be happy. When mm. I get the kids out of diaper, then I'll be happy. Right. And I graduated from college, then I'll be happy. Mm. And you have to enjoy the journey. You have to enjoy every step because, you know, these are the better days. And um, I got a few compliments. And, I bet. Uh, but I did get a couple of people going, of course it's Bruce. I'm like, yep, <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, you give me a chance to talk. I am going to figure out a way to do that. Well, yeah, like, I mean, he's a very quotable person. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, so any final thoughts, Darren? What I'd like to see, Jess, I don't know if you're a uh, fan of Howard Stern, but, uh, Howard gives, as far as I'm concerned, the best interviews of anybody in the business nowadays. And his dream get is Springsteen. That would and be great. That would be my dream interview to listen to same yes. way as he did with Billy Joel. I don't know yeah. if you heard that, but, uh, He's done a couple little ones with Billy Joel and how the music was conceived, how it was written, little snippets of this here and there. And it was just yeah. a, uh, a beautiful interview. And to do something like that with Bruce would be uh, would be a cap in both their both uh, or a feather in both their caps. I, I think so. so. That yeah. would be that's a great wish. I, I, I'm I'll second that and kind of shoot right. for it. Yeah. Uh, so, Darren, um, if someone wants to reach you, how can they? They can reach me at uh, dfoss70 at iCloud.com. All right. And your Twitter? Twitter is uh, dfoss42 at dfoss42. DFOS42. Right. Good. All right. Hang tight while I do a little business. If you want to join me and share your Springsteen story, you don't have to be an elected official. You can just be anything. Uh, we'd love to have you. You can reach me at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. I am on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce. You can find us on iTunes and wherever podcasts are played. Please go subscribe, rate, and review us. It is how people find us. We have a website, www.setlistingbruce.com. And from there, you can reach the Set Listing Bruce store where we have T-shirts and sweatshirts. And if you just are dying to lose some, to give some money, invest in the podcast, we do have a Patreon page where you can kick in a couple bucks to help support the podcast. Whew. End of commercial. <laughs> <laughs> that was all real good. Oh, thank you, Darren. I yeah, appreciate well, it. Uh, this has all been right. awesome. Well, thank you. This is great. I um, we'll have to have you back when maybe after you see Western Stars and uh, the film, and we can kind of talk about that. 
Um, but for now, um, you know, I love your final thoughts. I think let's get uh, let's get them on there with Stern and uh, that talk about a good heartfelt interview. I think that would be awesome. I think we should start a campaign, and this is the uh, genesis of it right here. I, I think you're right. So, um, Darren, awesome. uh Thank you for everything. I appreciate it. You have a wonderful holiday season. I hope everything goes well for you and yours. Uh, listeners, thank you for being here, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, everybody. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.